1: Hi, everyone. It's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Thursday, the 1st of September 2022 from the SBS newsroom. Uh, later, Aussie companies are preparing to pay dividends. What does that mean for the share market? But first to the property market, where the median national home price fell 1.6% in August. That's according to CoreLogic, and that is the biggest monthly decline since 1983. Of the capitals, the biggest fall was in Sydney down 2.3%, followed by Brisbane, down 1.8%. In fact, of the capital cities, only Darwin rose last month. For more, including tips this spring selling season, I spoke earlier with Tim Lawless from CoreLogic. Tim, national house prices are now down 1.6% over the month. Just how steep is that? And how would you now describe
2: the state of the housing market? Well, that 1.6% decline in a month is is fairly significant. We haven't seen a month-to-month drop of that magnitude since 1983. And, uh, you know, if you look at the trend, we're, we're definitely seeing the trend in the decline is now the steepest we have on record with, with housing records generally starting around 1980. So we're seeing housing values falling faster now than they were during the global financial crisis, and also during the previous recessions of uh, the early 90s and the early 80s. So, yeah, in many ways, this is, a, this is quite a sharp downturn, but, of course, it comes after quite a sharp upswing as well. How broad-based is this decline? It's definitely becoming more broad-based. In fact, uh, just last month in, in August... We saw every capital city trending lower in value apart from Darwin. Darwin was the only market that still recorded a rise in housing values. Has it spread to regional areas? Absolutely. Regional markets around the country are generally in a downturn now as well. The only regional market around the country that's not falling in price is regional South Australia, which of course is quite a you know um, uh, a low density, broadly uh, distributed population. So we are seeing all the re- all the major regional centres are now falling in uh, in housing values but again mostly after a pretty strong rise in values through this uh, this upswing.
1: Some capital cities are now starting to see annual declines, right? Sydney for example.
2: Can you yeah. put this decline in context? Sure. We are seeing annual prices down in Sydney. Uh, they were down over the past 12 months by two and a half percent. Melbourne's down by 2.1 percent as well. They're the only two capitals that are in negative annual change now. But of course, in Sydney, that 2.5 percent that decline comes after a 27.7 percent rise in values. So nearly nearly a 30 percent jump in housing values through the upswing Melbourne was a little bit softer through through the growth cycle because of all the disruptions from lockdowns and a really negative demographic tailwind or headwind uh, facing that market. Uh, values are up about 17% through the upswing and now they're down from a peak of they're down about 4.6 percent and a little bit more than two percent in annual numbers. So uh, they're the only two capital cities down on annual terms at the moment, but chances are we will start to see more and more capitals and regional areas start to slip into negative annual change as this uh, downturn progresses.
1: So interest rates are still yet to continue to rise. We definitely haven't seen the peak yet. I think it was the team at the Commonwealth Bank last week that said that uh, they now expect um, uh, house prices to continue to fall, but for the, the peak in that fall to come a lot earlier than expected. So where do you see prices going, for example? Why? And what will it take for those declines to start to peter out?
2: I very much agree with with CBA's assessment. I think uh, the trajectory of housing prices are very much intertwined with what happens with monetary policy and interest rates. Interestingly enough, CBA are at the lower or the more conservative end of uh, their forecasts on interest rates, expecting uh, rate hikes to to peak or a terminal rate of about 2.6% from memory. A lot of other forecasts are expecting interest rates to peak quite a bit higher than that, even a full percentage point higher. So I think for housing markets, outcomes will really depend on, well, how high do interest rates get and how fast do they get there? Um, We're already starting to see some forecasts that rates could come down maybe through late 2023 or into 2024. And I think if that is the case, that will be the cue for housing prices to at least stabilize, if not even start to show some subtle growth as, uh, as interest rates start to come down again.
1: So September the 1st is the start of spring. It's the start of the spring selling season in the housing market, which is typically a very busy time. What are you expecting?
2: Well, spring is going to be a real test for the housing market. This is a time when we generally see the flow of new listings increase by about 21 to 25 percent across the capital cities compared, say, winter through through to the spring season. So there probably will be more stock flowing into the marketplace at a time when demand is likely to reduce further simply due to higher interest rates and low confidence. So what what I mean by a test of the market is uh, we're, we're going to be experiencing probably above average stock levels through spring at a time when demand is falling back to average, if not below average levels. That could place further downwards pressure on housing prices if that scenario plays out. That's great news for buyers. For buyers, they have a lot more stock to choose from. They have uh, little in the way of urgency. They can negotiate a lot harder. But for sellers, they're going to be competing across a larger pool of properties available for sale and a smaller pool of buyers, which, of course, means uh, they need to be really realistic about their pricing expectations. Be ready to negotiate and be flexible on uh, on the pricing outcomes, and make sure they have a really good marketing campaign behind them.
1: Tim Lawless there from Core Logic. So from the property market, let's go to the share market, where the ASX 200 fell two percent today, six thousand eight hundred and forty five points. Uh, that's predominantly because BHP went ex dividend. But for more on the day's market action, I spoke earlier with Evan Lucas from Invest Smart.
0: Uh, yes, it has taken a big hit. And not surprising, we didn't see a, a negative day in the US. You can't go past, though, the fact that you look at BHP, it is actually taken out about 45 points out of the market, which is – Near enough to a quarter of what's actually happened today. So that dividend that's really chunky. It was a record in terms of what they were offering you has certainly weighed on the market. So if you strip that out, it was a negative day, but maybe not as bad as the headline figures telling you, which is, you know, 1.8 to 2% the movements were today to the downside and well and truly ahead of, of the rest of the Asian region. It is, though, and should be pointed out, this is becoming a trend. It needs to be very clear that what started last Friday in the US is now really starting to accelerate the decline. And there was always that question of what's happened from the bottom of the market in June to the top in August Was that actually a new trend? Was it actually a bullish outlook in terms of where we see in the growth in markets or or was it just a recovery from the selling that we'd seen since the start of the year to where we were at the bottom of June? I'd make the argument it was probably unfortunately the latter and we may be about to start retesting lows again.
1: So what's the market thinking of where interest rates are going, especially in the US, and now here, because our Reserve Bank's meeting next week, and the likelihood that it'll lift by 50 basis points, is is that increasing?
0: Yes, I think so. Uh, the difference, and this is what needs to be very heavily pointed out between the US and between us here in Australia, is that yes, inflation's going through the roof in the US, and yes, The Federal Reserve is going to raise rates probably, in my view, by 75 basis points, so 0.75 of 1% rather than the 50 basis points some we're forecasting. But their inflation, if you look at it, is 8.5%. It has been as high as nine and a bit, and it's still very, very strong on the core level as well. So core inflation in the States is in the sixes. Here in Australia, we're not as high as that, and that needs to be very clearly pointed out. We have inflation that is running quite rampant. It's in the sixes. It's likely to go into the sevens and maybe even high sevens, but that's not the same level. It's nowhere near 9%. So, therefore, I think it'll be 50 next week, but the RBA can slow down a bit because we don't have the same inflation flow through that that, that, you, that the U.S. is having. So, that's the push-pull here. Do they keep going higher? Yes, they do. Do they likely see over tightening in the U.S.? Personally, yes, I think they will. That is clear from what we heard from Jay Powell. He would rather create a scenario, and this is his words, of below-trend growth and some pain for businesses and households to rein in inflation. So that's over-tightening. I don't think that will happen here in Australia, though. We're not getting the same language. We're not in the same sort of scenario that they're
1: facing. And I guess there's a lag effect when interest rates rise because even though the consumer is still spending right now, we're seeing other data like today. We saw some disappointing home loans data down quite significantly. Uh, That's starting to show through right now. What does that say about the challenges our economy is facing and the implications for investors as a result?
0: Yeah, and I would put not just what was going on, the home loan data today, the construction data yesterday, the new home data from Tuesday as well. All of that combined, along with the housing data that came out today from CoreLogic for what was happening in July, it's all telling you the same thing. Slowdown in the housing market, construction's under real pressure, incredibly high costs. And then the funding cost is the next side. So we know that funding of new homes, funding of construction is getting to a level that's pushing people out of the market. The demand for housing has gone one way. So if you speak to people, at the start of this year, there was two years of demand for things like investment properties and for new homeowners. That has evaporated. And even markets that have been resistant to the declines in house prices, places like Queensland and particularly Brisbane, places like Perth, even Darwin now is showing signs that it's starting to go the other way. That is everything you would expect with, A, the higher cost of supply of product of goods for construction, but also home loans and the fact that the RBA is tightening that, that metric. And it's going to get harder and harder. If you're looking at you know, servicing a $2,000 to $2,500 mortgage per month from $1,500 a month and still expecting rates to go higher, you are going to seriously question whether or not it's a good idea to be buying a new home or a new investment property.
1: Well, we are at the start of a new month. Before we look forward, I'd like to take a look back at profit reporting season. What did you make of it and what kind of trends did you see? So I made out it, – sanguine is the word. It, it was one of the most
0: underwhelmed market-moving events in recent modern history with regards to the actual earnings season. It was reasonable, don't get me wrong, but nobody got really involved with it. And the reason when you did have good things – It was a bright spot. It was one individual company. So you could highlight JB Hi-Fi, for example, which completely beat expectations. You could highlight BHP, for example, that completely beat expectations, even though it's one of the most followed companies around. You then look through at something like other discretionary stocks. They did better than expected. But then you go to the flip side, and there was some big flip sides in terms of of where it is. The, The misses to consensus was about 27%. Um, and that is higher. Normally, it's about 23% of companies reported miss consensus expectations. 27 is higher. And that's probably also what's coming through is there wasn't a really big movement there. There wasn't massive institutional you know, investors jumping on board. The second part to also highlight that I think was a real key standout, almost no guidance. They are going back to FY20 and saying, Things are very, very hard to forecast. We know costs are rising. We know inflation's going through the roof and rates are there. So we just cannot forecast to you. So there's there's no guidance. There's no ability to actually price what the next 12 months is gonna be. So that was my big take out from earnings season is that companies have gone back to 2020
1: and have turned around and said, 2023 is too hard to work out. So we're not gonna tell you what's gonna happen. And finally, September, what will be the key events for investors and where do you see the market going? So the 22nd of September, put
0: it in your diary, that's the U.S. Federal Reserve's meeting. That, that is going to be one of them. Next Tuesday for the RBA is the other. They're the, the events. I think you've also got to remember that September is also a slightly strange month. It's slightly negative, like what we've seen today with BHP. It's a month of ex-dividends. But investors don't get those dividends until October. So markets, trains, ex-dividends. It will create weird and wonderful intraday movements which always makes September a really difficult month. So, you know, you can wake up and see when CBA goes ex-dividend, when you start to see a big player like Woodside who declared an incredible dividend the other day. They will distort markets and September is filled with that. So, it's always a tricky month September because there's all sorts
1: of things happening inside it. Evan Lucas there from Invest Smart.